It's the 919 Beer Podcast. Taste the triangle. Welcome to the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Ovius from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshbaugh and Wayne Holt from 919 Beer. We will check in with Bombshell Beer Company out in Holly Springs. We had them on last summer. We uh, they got some, they got some new things to talk about. They get our new head brewer. They got some new styles, and it'll be fun to check in with them as they're approaching two years on the scene. Thanks to Tyler's Tap Room and Apex for providing today's food. They've got some like buffalo chicken biscuit deals, which would really go well with a hangover. And I believe what else we got like pork sliders, oh, yeah, other pizza, stuff? pork sliders. pizza. We got all sorts of stuff today. Which is very very cool. I've, I'm yeah, I'm back on the wagon, man. Fat Joe is so back. Was it last night? Let's talk about it. Yeah, no, last night uh, I hit the Red Oak. I haven't had like the Red Oak Amber Lager in a while, like the the original, the, original, the OG yeah. original Red Oak, Red, Oak, Red Oak, Oak, which is to me still one of the better easy drinking beers around. Although I'm a I'm a huge fan of their Munich Lager, uh, but it's not like that's the perfect to me summer beer it's just so so easy to drink and actually has a lot of flavor but last night i was with a buddy of mine and we were actually trying to find out ways to fix the star wars prequels yeah i saw that on your twitter well yeah all right so we got we got the force awakens that's coming out and we're actually this is for the other job we actually bought out Mission Valley, one of those, one of the only theaters around oh, here. No. I like that how actually you say serves. the other job as if this is actual, like a real job. It that makes is. me feel I, good. I get paid in beer. It's a real job. <laughs> it's, it's a real important it's, job. It is an important. I get paid in beer. No, so we bought a theater for for the Star Wars movie that comes out on December eighteenth, and we're just going to give away tickets to listeners, and it's going to be a lot of fun. But Mission Valley is one of the only theaters around, except for like I guess Rollywood, that serves beer, and they actually right. have pretty good beer too. Yeah, at, uh, at well, now Mission they've got Valley. the Cinebistro, and they've got the <laughs> yeah, Cinebistro. Cinebistro. Got a couple right. of those. There's Waverly, one new one right. in Apex, and one in Waverly. There's a couple of them. Yeah, so we'll be giving away like 200 some odd tickets to this, and people That's can cool. can hang out, and and we'll have more details for that. Well, Adam and I fully expect to win. Absolutely. No, look, you just <laughs> we'll put you on the guest I think list. We've already won. So we uh, no, so we were kind of. Uh, my buddy Todd and I have always been convinced that the prequels, like George Lucas just didn't mm. know what he was doing with them, and that there was there's ways to salvage them with the stuff that already happened, like making a super cut. <laughs> I like that George Lucas didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know <laughs> what he was doing. <laughs> but you know what? That was almost like the awkward teen years of yeah. CG. Right? I know. You, I you know. know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's you're like, right. oh, let's stretch beyond what we've you're ever right. done before and make it look like crap. You're right. <laughs> you're right. But what doesn't explain is why Jar Jar looks fake as hell, but Gollum looks... <laughs> looks pretty decent in the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, but Jar Jar came out in 98. Yeah. Gollum was 02, Was it 02? It was 02. All right. Either Your way. knowledge of this, all this just scares me. Anyway. It, so we're going to we're gonna fix the I mean, prequels. four years is a big difference I with guess, things like that. I guess. I guess. We'll see. And I know with the new movies, you're actually going back to practical effects to make it look real or lived in, those types of things. But um, along with the Red Oak, I uh, was at a hockey game when the Kings were taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. That was a big boss night for me. And they got a big boss, a little kiosk there. And I had the, um, what is it, the, the brown ale is what I had for Big penny. Boss. The bad penny. bad penny. And then I actually got into some of the high wire from our previous podcast guest. Yeah. I had the, uh, the Doppelbach, which. You, you had that twice as nice. Dude. Mm, Isn't that yeah. good? Like I wasn't, well, here's the thing. because it's awesome. I didn't have it when we were recording last week. <laughs> 
and I was expecting a typical. You had to stay awake for your three to seven I, slot. Right. I forgot that it wasn't like a standard Doppelbach that you go. Oh, I'm just gonna knock it back. You're having a good time. It's got some flavor, some oomph to it. But no. so is this the bottle that uh, they yeah. left? Or it was the bottle. They okay. Left. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being eight percent, it's it's ten. Yeah. It's a heavyweight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But it doesn't drink like one either. It. it doesn't, but I could tell I was having a. Well, you can tell, but I when, can you, tell. when you taste that first sip, you're like, "Oh man, it was good." I need more of this. It was good though. It was uh, it was definitely good. What have you guys been up to? I uh, <laughs> I've been having some some decent stuff recently. We've gotten an influx in the state here recently. Um, Alpine Beer Company mm-hmm. is now available in the state, and they have their Pure Hoppiness and their Mel- Nelson IPA, which is a rye with um, uh, Nelson whatever hops. Nelson Savon. Right. Um, well, I fell asleep in that uh, sentence. <laughs> it was um, there's basketball on man. So anyway, uh, yeah, had, Maryland's had some good. Of that. So we're gonna have to hear a lot about Maryland's this. decent. Uh, did they, Oscar did Blues. They beat Georgetown. Yeah, because I was Wasn't watching. Pretty. I was watching the Duke Kentucky game. On two different time slots. Doesn't matter. You could have switched over and nah. gone for the. I got my Nobody wants to watch Maryland. I got I got my fill of basketball. Nobody so wants good. to watch Maryland. Except people that grew up there, Adam. Okay. okay. Yeah. And people named Adam. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, two Adams, you know. Well, he did live there for a while, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he went there. He was there. Oh, did he? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, Death by Coconut, Oscar Blues. How was that? Yeah. Winner of the week, man. Yeah. I haven't had that yet. Awesome. I'll, I meant to bring you one, so I've got some. Somebody okay. gave me one of those uh, last Friday night. We went to dinner with a couple, and uh, he gave me one, and it was, it was very What nice. do you think of that, man? It's just such a man, nice, like, what, velvety there's, body. There's no questioning that it's coconut. Absolutely. <laughs> and see, I love coconut. It's coconut forward. Well, that's why uh, with the post-Halloween candy stash, uh, the Almond Joys have not been an oh. issue. Like, the kids don't want them. I'm like, I'll take them. I like coconut. Yeah, this basically tastes like a liquid mounds. Yeah, it's pretty I'm solid. Intrigued. Yeah, it I'm is, intrigued it is delicious. And finally, I wrapped it up with some terrapin so fresh and so green green. I see what they did there. Nice. Uh, I see awesome what beer. they did there. 19, 19-ounce cans. Yeah. The stovepipes. Wow. Yeah. I got got a couple for you, Wayne. Nice, good, thank you. Yeah. So for me, we we pretty man. Since we got back from Mexico, it's been playing catch up with You've been the working with the real job. Yeah, and yeah. I got another project we're trying to get launched uh, December first. So a lot going on there. So haven't really been out outside of Holly Springs or Fuquay, but we were down at the mill earlier in the week, and I tried the Foothills IPA of the month, which is phenomenal. Golly, yeah, I heard man. that one's really good. The November really one nice. is, uh, is really good. And, you, know, you know, they're discontinuing that program at the end of the year. They're going to do a hot program next, Yeah, they're right? going to go into hop. something else. So, um, But that's really good. And then uh, Tapline Growler, I think when I was in Mexico, you had Justin on. We did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so we made a couple of trips there. We actually went there last night, and uh, for those of you who know my wife, she's you know 100 pounds soaking wet. Uh, sweetest <laughs> she texted lady you'll, me with what she was sweetest drinking. lady you'll ever meet, but uh, sometimes she just gets over enthused about what she's drinking and bites off a little uh, more than she can well, chew. Well, earl- earlier in <laughs> so the Wayne week, had a good night. Well, actually, no. <laughs> earlier in the ah, week, it's a shame. or last week, we went in there and they had that double dog from Flying, yeah, dog. Flying mm-hmm. dog, and it's a it's a it's a double powwow. An eleven double point, IPA, right? No, it's a powwow, and so it says on the tap handle anyway. It's his pillow. It's and, and it's anyway. It's eleven point five. All right. Yeah. It's heavy. So Kelly goes in there last <laughs> night, and uh, and she starts with a Hall River Belgium chocolate rice stout, which is delicious, by the yeah, way. Six percent or no big deal. You know, small pour. I think it was a twelve ounce pour. Mm-hmm. She drinks that, and then when I turned mm-hmm. my back, talking with a couple other guys that were in there, she orders this double dog, mm-hmm. and I'm not Imperial really... IPA. Okay. Yes. Well, the tap house is pal, which is really weird. So anyway. <laughs> 
or that's what it looked like to me last week. Maybe I just couldn't see it. <laughs> Maybe you could only see the pail because it was a uh, yeah pail was bigger than everyone everything else. Yes. So um, and it's probably Oops. what it was. So last night she has one of those, and we leave there, and we head down to My Way Tavern in Holly Springs, another good watering hole, for uh, for a bite to eat. And as soon as we walk in, I realize that this is going to be a mistake. I need to get her home. Cause Let's get this to go. She, yeah. gets, she gets a little loud, and she'll kill me. She usually listens to these podcasts, but maybe she won't listen to this one. <laughs> nah, probably not. Yeah, probably Just not. go for it. Until we're traveling. Then she'll, hey, can we listen to all the podcasts I haven't listened to yet? Um, so anyway, no, I got her home, and, uh, and I tucked her in, and she had a nice night's sleep. Very and, nice. Um, That's very precious of you. So, uh, But for me, you know, I had the double dog. It was really, really good. I had a big bad Baptist last night. Again, Ooh, you went big yesterday. That was, well, I didn't, have the, I didn't have the double dog last night. That okay. was last oh, week. That's a big night, man. No, I was Because I had a big bad Baptist Saturday night, and it, it put me down. Yeah, those things. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was good. So we've just we stayed around Holly Springs hoping that maybe uh, – Maybe this weekend. Well, actually, this weekend we are this getting weekend, out. Aren't we, we got something. Guess what? Guess what, listeners? <laughs> Guess where Adam's going this weekend? Aging Maniscalco. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yes, we're going to Mother Earth. Finally, we're going down for the Silent Night release on Saturday afternoon. Dinner at uh, Chef, Chef and the and Farmer, Farm. and uh, yeah, so Adam's going to finally uh, get to go down and check out one of the coolest spots in the state, the booming metropolis of Kenston. Kenston yeah. No, you're not saying it right. It's Kenston. Yep. It's Kenston. Lenore County. Uh, what do you guys Lenoir. need? What do you guys need for uh, to bring me back a bottle? Oh, well, it's Silent Night. We're See, just it's a Silent that Night we can release. Buy as much as we can. So I would imagine I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch base with Will and Travis from uh, yeah. from Mother Earth. There might be a bottle share, right, going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, well, um, but it I is the Silent one. Night release. I know they're gonna have several years on tap. I'm very right. excited yep. about yep. it. It's a it's a really really outstanding. Uh, we'll bring back as much as that will allow us to because I've had a couple of people say just, the same uh, thing. Yeah, they want to get it. Yeah. Seen a bottle? Yep. But it's, it's going to be a fun weekend. It I'm really fun. looking forward yep. to it's, it. It, it. It's whatever. Just, you know, whatever. It is whatever. Uh, in news, Ballast Point cashed out. It won't be as much fun it as the Ballast Point guys are going to have no on New Year's Day, right? So Ballast Point no, no. sold for a billion. They sold to Constellation Brands, which is, uh, you might know such beers as, they're what, the Corona folks, the Modelo Corona folks. Yep. So and tons of wine. They have yes. a huge wine portfolio. But I mean, this is where the state of the industry is. As Anheuser Busch and Miller consolidate, more consolidations going to happen for the smaller brands. They got to buy out what you would consider craft beer. Now, Ballast Point isn't really considered craft beer anymore. At least in Colorado, it's not anymore. Uh, just like Goose Island, when they were bought, what was it, four years ago? By AB. By AB, they're no longer considered craft beer. Yeah. But, until, mean, until Black Friday when BCBS releases and, and that, stands and, in line waiting for it. Right. And that's yep. the thing that people have to have. I mean, maybe there needs to be better classifications as to what is craft and what is not. Or They're not officially considered craft, craft because, not the share because of the that AB yes. and Bev owns exactly. is too high. Exactly. It's way too high. Um so I don't know if we need to have a conversation at some point as to whether or not we want to classify local craft because they're not bought out by some large conglomerate. That also being bought out by a large conglomerate doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. I mean, doesn't you, make you a bad person. Right. Yep. If you like Ballast Point <laughs> beers, then you should continue to drink Ballast Point beers. Just like if oh, you absolutely. liked Goose Island, you should probably still drink Goose Island. Yes. And one of the funny things to me about this is that when you look back at the Elysian Purchase – all of the, you know, the Twitter butthurt? and 
Facebook. Yeah, people all like to complain on social media. Well, they were just flipping out. They're, I'm never going to drink. They were just blaming the guys. For, they were calling them sellouts. Yeah. But well, yeah. a billion dollars, I've not yet seen a single person say sellout. But it's all relative. Because well, the, difference, the, the difference between a sellout and a cash-in is, is that yeah. billion-dollar mark. I guess it must be because all <laughs> these like people Facebook, that were— A billion. Yeah, I mean, it's just all the folks that were complaining because Elysian sold out, mm-hmm. literally sold out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That group's not out there right now when they look, well, for a billion bucks, I'd have sold too. What's the difference? I mean, how much do you really need to be comfortable the rest of your life? The Elysian guys got, I don't know, what was I it, need less than million? a million. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I just need to win a cash five. <laughs> so I'm good. Just, you know, just bought 30 grand. Well, what, they straight. were going to do an IPO, right? They were going to do an IPO and, and, and obviously going public. And, you know, Constellation Brands comes in and the conversation <laughs> so, so starts. And, uh, you know, let me say this. As a business owner, if I were going to do an IPO or somebody was going to cash me out, with similar end results, right. I'd a lot rather cash out than have to answer to shareholders. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that the folks at Ballast Point made the right decision here. A billion dollars. I mean, really? It's an insane amount of money, but not to have to answer to shareholders. And they probably would not have raised that much money in an IPO. I don't know what their IPO was shooting for, but I doubt it was that high. Well, here's the thing, though. If Ballast Point, I mean, Ballast Point's been around for a long time. 20 years. Okay, so it needs to be, people need to understand this is not just a brewery that's been around for five years, 10 years, and then just cashed out. Uh, they've been around for a long time. It was serious. Ballast Point, you can pretty much find everywhere. Um, but if they're going for a billion dollars, this is not all that different from how the tech industry works. Instagram goes for a billion dollars. Facebook then goes and buys WhatsApp for I forgot how much it was. But there's a lot of money being exchanged because you have to. If you can't make it, then you just go ahead and you buy the market share. So if they're going for a billion, what would founders go for? What would Dogfish Head go for? Well, but Ballast Point is actually the uh, number number three. Three? 294,000 barrels last year. Right. I read. So they're much larger than either one of those. Considerably yeah, larger. They're larger, but at the same time, there are certain brands that have. It's mm. Just because you might be larger doesn't necessarily mean that you are, in terms of name brand. Right. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you just actually just buy a brand and then you take it even further. You just buy the recognition. You buy the recognition. Like Dogfish. I'll use Dogfish as an example. I mean, they're pretty well known. They are still local. You know, they're local. You know, Sam still owns the. Right. the don't, there's equity that's been bought and things like that as they've uh, tried to expand. But Dogfish carries, so you know you can buy the name recognition sure. here. It's not just about how much you're actually producing, like Ballast right. Point was. Right. So it just it just makes you it makes you wonder. And then at the same time, if you were in that same position and somebody comes to you with a lot of money, you're not going to say no. But Ballast this ain't Point, punk rock, man. I mean, like you're yeah. not doing it. You're not doing right. it for the kids. You're not trying to like stay authentic. I mean, it's a business, so you're going to cash out. Ballast Point also has a spirits line too, right? Yeah, that makes it a little bit more attractive as well. Hmm? Yeah, and I haven't tried any of their spirits, but but they do, and and I know the the craft breweries that do have spirits locally that I've tried have been phenomenal. Mother Earth being one of them, uh, Top of the Hill being another one. Uh, but when you look at the numbers of, you know, some of the th- some of the things you did see on Twitter and on Facebook comments about this were, you know, they couldn't believe it, they paid too much. But when you start digging into the numbers, you know, these guys did two hundred ninety plus thousand barrels last year, a hundred and fifteen uh, million dollars in revenue, and one hundred percent year over year they, uh, increase in sales. So when you look at this from a global perspective, and Eric Lars Myers, uh, 
with Mystery made a comment on one of the threads I was looking at, and, and, and he really caused me to dig into it a little deeper. When you look at this on, a, on an international level, on a global level, there's so much upside. So realistically, they're paying eight and a half times revenues, which has kind of been somewhere in that, you know, that's, that's what the formula has been for the other purchases, too. So we're in the eight and a half to ten times revenues, not profits, but revenues. So, you know, yeah, maybe, as Eric said, maybe they paid a little over. But when you look at, yeah. the, you look at the upside, man, I think they've got tremendous upside. You got to keep up, too. You got to keep up. You know. That's where the market share is Minus right now. Minus upside, high motor. A couple yeah. events that are coming on, <laughs> uh, aside from uh, aside from Adam actually getting the Mother Earth experience for once. Uh, you get the Black Friday cask event at Triangle Brewing Company. That's going to take place on November 27th. You can find out more at trianglebrewery.com slash black-friday. Uh, tickets are available through Eventbrite. Eventbrite, I should say. You can also buy them at the door. It features only North Carolina breweries. So you definitely want to check that it's out. It's going to be a good event. Anything else? I'll be that, there. Anything else going on? Yeah. Well, we got one more thing. Where did it go? Did it disappear? Mm. Sourthon. Sourthon. Coming up. Sorry, I couldn't find it. That's, Sourthon's coming up on December 12th. Yeah, at the Rick House. And this is going to be a pretty cool event. I know New Belgium is involved, uh, along with Tyler's and Sam's uh, in Durham. And they're going to have a bunch of breweries doing some sour stuff. And you can find out more information there. They have a Facebook page set up, uh, facebook.com slash funkdurham. Uh, or you can just go to uh, Facebook and search Sourfest, all one word, and and you'll find it. But they have the complete list. And if you go into Tyler's Tap Room, uh, they have they have their posters up kind of all over the place, too. And the Rick House is a cool spot. And Very it's cool it's, it's uh, about two blocks, one block over and one block down from uh, from Foothills. No, I said Foothills. I'm sorry. Full steam. Full steam. So uh, it's a cool spot over there in Durham, uh, overlooking the old, the original Durham Bulls Athletic Park. That's right. Very, very cool spot. It's going to be a great event. New Belgium doesn't do anything halfway, so I think it's going to be a great time. That's December 12th. I always enjoy when we bring back previous guests to the 919 Beer Podcast. In fact, if you uh, if you didn't know, we're on iTunes, and we are on the WRL Sports Fan app. And if you've missed interviews from the past, feel free to go back and uh, and search for your favorite local breweries. And we had talked to Bombshell Brewing Company, Bombshell Beer Company, right before last year's beer con, if I if I remember correctly. So it's it's been some time, and Bombshell's coming up on two years. So we bring back Michelle. Hi, hello. And you brought somebody new with you this time. I did. We I brought our new head brewer, Josh Satin. What's up, Josh? How are you doing, guys? So um, Josh is so soft spoken. Such a sweet face. But that beard is loud. It is. That <laughs> it beard is loud. It doesn't fit, right? So you no. see him and you, you see it's like, oh, oh man, this guy's going to be aggro. Don't say hi to me. How are you? By the way, how long did it take you to grow that up? Uh, a long time. A long time? Okay. Usually it takes me about a week to get like that. The full growth. <laughs> Not that. No, I can't do that. When I did the beard, the, remember when the Carolina Hurricanes were good? Uh, yeah, I remember listening to you on the radio about your beard. Six years ago or yeah. however long ago yeah. it was, back in 2009. I didn't shave for like I, it was thick. It was it was. Mine serious. just gets thick, like with St. Baldrick's. It's like bird's nest yeah. on my face. Did you have birds? Like, did you actually no. have birds nest in there? Not that I know of. That you're aware of. <laughs> so you're from Boston. Yes. What brought you here? My family and I just wanted to move down south. Mm-hmm. Uh, better weather. We last winter was <laughs> on the coffin for <laughs> yes. us. Yes. Uh, How many inches of snow was that? At the well, end? the worst part we got seven feet. Yeah, it measured in feet. You That's know? right. Yeah. yeah, around here we measure in like quarter inches because and it shuts everything. Shut the down. schools down. When you get seven feet, life still goes on, right? 
Uh, not really in Boston last winter. All right. It was really bad. So you were done? Yeah, done with that. Forget this. Yeah, pretty much. So we want to move to a place that if it snows a quarter of an inch, everything shuts down and cars catch on fire on Glenwood. And we'll be... We'll That's be, ice, like, though, no too. No problem for us. Yeah, ice, is, ice is definitely a problem. So, so what do you... Uh, so what did you know anything about the area before you moved here? Was there research done when you were still in Boston as to where to go next? Yeah, we were thinking about moving down south for a long time. Mm-hmm. And part of it, I have family in Wrightsville Beach. So, you know, I've been visiting most of my life. Yeah. And then what about, uh, I mean, I'm guessing with the triangle moving here, you knew about the beer scene already. Exactly. So uh, getting in, getting involved with it, getting a part of it, what was uh, what, what kind of drew you to the to the market? Uh, you know, moving to the Triangle was just a decision we wanted to. We wanted to move down here anyways mm-hmm. for a bunch of reasons. But, you know, I reached out to a lot of breweries and was in touch with Bombshell for a while, and I just really wanted to work with them. And Michelle, you took the call. You said, yes, let's let's make this happen. Yes, we took many calls. You did? Yes. Okay. So what was it about Josh? I want you to do the interview right here. We really liked the fact that Josh was very committed to the quality of the beer. Mm-hmm. And um, his approach meshed with what we've Uh, we had been doing at Bombshell, which is really focusing more on beers that a lot of people can appreciate. And we're going to take that to that next level. Um, Our focus is going to be on easy drinking, approachable beers. Mm -hmm. It's not to say that we're not going to do anything kind of crazy every now and then, but most of the beers in the portfolio are going to focus on being clean, quality, easy drinking, and approachable. Now, is this something that you originally sought out to do, or is this just, look, once you start the business, there are variables. Things change. You're presented with new challenges. So what, as you approach year number two on the anniversary here, what, what has changed? What, what, why are you at this approach? Um, it's not so much that we're at a different approach. I think we're just taking it, like I said, to that next level. Next level. And, you know, the... I think there's so many wonderful things that are being done out there that are kind of more niche and more focused. Um, I think there's a really broad market that still hasn't um, realized the benefits of craft. And I think Bombshell is an excellent way for people to get into craft and start appreciating all of the wonderful things that craft brewers are doing in general. Okay, so I want to be careful how I word these things. Um, so you started, you went a year and a half or so um, with, you know, kind of doing things one way. So Josh is here now. What are the differences? we got a whole lot of new beers we've got lined up in front of us here. Mm-hmm. Why? And um, why, why did you make these changes and why specifically these beers, at least as your first few? All right. So great questions. Um, number Thank one, you. it is all about the beer. Uh, we are focusing and very, very committed to making certain that we are generating the best quality, the cleanest, um, and the most enjoyable beer out there. And to that end, we've really, Josh and the team have implemented some very, very rigorous yeast management practices. And I'd, I'd be happy to let Josh talk a little bit about, you know, why he believes and why the rest of us all believe around that those yeast management practices are going to enhance the quality of the beer. Yeah, we we had a couple different strains that we were managing uh, in our brewery, and it was just too much. We weren't getting <clears throat> totally clean fermentations. We want really clean beer without uh, technical faults. Um, let the other flavors that we're looking for really shine through. Mm-hmm. And so you can only really get that when you really, really take care of your yeast. And we also have a microbiologist uh, with us part time now, who's you know checking out our yeast viability, cell count, you know, watching out for bacteria, things like that. So. 
See, this this is the part that fascinates me because you know if you're a beer drinker, you're just thinking, oh, this must be just so much fun. You can be creative and you're making beer and it's in your basement. There's a lot of science. There's a lot of quality control. There's a lot of. I mean, this doesn't really sound like fun stuff that you have to deal with, but quality control is important because every time I get one of your beers, I want it to be like the last beer that I got. So. I mean, is that is that occupying mo- most of your time rather than kind of coming up with new stuff, just making sure everything is right? Well, that is fun for me. Oh, that is fun for you. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, all right. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into being a brewer. It's, mm-hmm. It is a lot of people think it's just a lot of fun, but there's a lot of hard work. Um, and there's a little bit of everything. That's one of the reasons why I like to be a brewer. There's a little bit of hands-on. There's a lot of hands-on. Uh, there's science. There's tasting. There's talking to people. There's, you know developing recipes so there's a lot that goes into it speaking to the general marketplace that's one thing that josh and i have done over the past couple of weeks is we've really gone out to the customers to listen to what the market is demanding and you know to that end it's i think it's been a great experience for josh um just having that direct contact with the people that are actually buying the beer at the bars and listening to their feedback okay so with that being said is that why these specific changes to these new beers by changes, I mean, I mean, you never did a black ale before. Correct. Right. We we you didn't have an amber yeah. before, and you're changing your pilsner to now have a cream ale. So, what are some of the reasons you're doing that? Was it purely based on feedback, or is there more to it? There's more to it. I think the primary goal around it is to look back at what can we generate and produce in the brewery that is quality. So we've had to look at changing around some of the styles so that we are utilizing primarily just one yeast strain and maintaining that yeast strain to the best quality standards possible. So within that, we kind of stepped back and, you know, Josh looked at formulating a number of new recipes around utilizing our one house yeast strain that would, again, fit the portfolio of looking at the easy drinking, approachable beer that's kind of lower in ABV. So all of these are in the same yeast strain? Correct. And is that going to... For the foreseeable future, is that staying the same, or do you have plans to maybe do some some new experimentation? So with that being said, um, with our microbiologist being on staff, one of the things that we're currently looking at is propping up our own yeast. And once we get to that point where we can propagate our own yeast, then we will potentially expand some of the different styles that we're doing. Um, You know, from a cost perspective, if you're buying uh, yeast and you're not pitching it, you know, on a weekly basis, um, A, you're not going to have good quality beer if you're making it by putting that yeast into a brink and storing it for till your next brew. Um, and B, as a small brewery, it's just cost prohibitive to buy, you know, bat, you know, grown up propagated batches of yeast each time you, that you brew. So a couple of things. The two beers that we've tried thus far are very solid. The cream ale and what's the one we have here, Josh? This is the Spellcaster Black Ale. Yeah, so, black ale. So the cream ale and the black ale both are really, really nice. I I went in on Friday night of your first week. You started on Monday, and, and Kelly and I just happened to show up on Friday night, not even knowing that there had been a change and that you were there. But we got to go back and chat with you a little bit. Michelle was there, and the microbiologist was there that night as well. So was this something that you brought to the table, or was that something, Michelle, that you guys were already planning to do, and it just all seemed to take place at the same time with Josh? Because obviously – there's there's a different there's a remarkable difference in the beer that I'm drinking today versus what I may have had a few months ago. Thank you. First off, because <laughs> there has been a lot of work. Um, we and Wayne it, pulls no punches. 
we um, we had been working on securing a microbiologist for a while, and we found that right person. And like you said, it was kind of just the perfect storm with Josh coming on board and then the microbiologist. And, you know, a lot of times when you have kind of a lot of change at the same time, nobody really has old baggage that they're holding on to. So you can really make great strides moving forward. And um, we're just really excited about what Josh is bringing to the table in terms of recipe and quality development. And Adam just got slighted from Josh pouring. Adam is really excited. Josh, we got to work on Josh's growler filling. (laughs) They've been a little over, overzealous He's on the growler. Careful with the radio equipment. <laughs> careful. I don't want the engineers on me. Uh, they, they get angry about these things. You were saying, Michelle. So, again, we're just really excited about, you know, some of the recipes that Josh has developed. Um, and, you know, number one, about it's all about the beer. You know, as, as a business owner, sometimes you want to make a, a particular decision, but – um, you know, working in tandem with your brewer is absolutely critical. And, and Josh is, you know, we, we have, um, I don't know, not, not heated, but some vibrant discussions um, around, you know, what some next steps will be. And I'm just really glad that, you know, Josh is so committed to the, to the quality of the beer, as I am as well, um, and learning how to balance everything. Um, I think he's got some really great things that we're going to be bringing to the table down the road, we're super excited about um, some new IPAs that we're going to be doing um, with some really crazy hops, and um, yeah, Josh, I don't know. Yeah, I worked in a brew pub for a long time, mm-hmm. and so we had to brew many styles of beer, and so I'm pretty comfortable brewing almost anything at this point. Um, but yeah, we're going to focus on you know, making our lo- our uh, IPA just uh, more exciting, uh, more flavorful. Um, and we're also going to work on a session IPA in the next few weeks. Um, it's going to be really big for us and I think for, for the area too. So you, you perfect the IPAs and the barrels come in and there's a sour program. And then there, what else happens after that? We get nitro beers. Uh, you get bought out by Constellation. For a billion dollars? <laughs> yeah, that'd be, uh, that, would be, that would be nice, uh, wouldn't it? How has the, uh, the response, Michelle, been in Holly Springs now after two years? Really amazing. Um, you know, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of community um, involvements uh, with fundraising activities. We have a St. Baldrick's fundraiser that we're hosting next Wednesday from 7 to 10 p.m. Um, you know, last year we raised a little over $5,000, and uh, we're hoping to raise a little over ten this year. Um, so, you know, the community has responded to a lot of those types of things that we're bringing back to the table. And it's not just Bombshell that's, that's you know, doing community involvement issues as a microbrewery. It's, you know, everybody else, whether it's, you know, draft line down the street or crank arm up here in Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's one of the great things about looking at the craft brewing industry is what they bring to the community in terms of grassroots efforts um, from that fundraising standpoint. So... Lots of excitement there. I agree. That's something you know Wayne and I take a lot of pride in, too, and we take very seriously. We, we want to work with, with charities that we respect and, and we are involved in, uh, and we applaud you guys doing the St. Baldrick's thing because that's something that's very close to my heart that we work with every year, so I think it's awesome. And I'll actually be in town this year, so Yay. I can swing through. Uh, Josh, before we get too far down the road, tell us about some of these beers that, you're, that you've been doing. Yeah, so along the lines of what Michelle was saying, really easy drinking, approachable beers, but really high quality, mm-hmm. really clean beers. You know, technically without fault, that sort of thing. Just really well balanced. Um, the, we, as you said, we tried our cream ale, the Starlight Ale, uh, the German Black Ale, um, 
and now we're tasting the. Uh, All right, what, what's the name of the cream ale? Starlight. That's Starlight, ale. and what's the black ale? Spellcaster. Spellcaster. Yeah, see, I'm confused because I think Starlight, I think black. So, I'm just saying that's just me. I'm the only one, but. All right, so Starlight's I cream. Think, I think something else when I hear cream ale, but that's another story altogether. All right, well, you know what? You know what? You brought that up. You, my lovely wife, who doesn't listen to this anyway, so it doesn't matter what I say. Watch her listen to this when, one. <laughs> when we have this conversation, because she'll go get a cream ale, mm-hmm. or what she thinks should be a cream ale, and then she was like, well, this one isn't creamy enough. So to, to those who and I and I and I've told her I was like, look, baby, you got to get that out of your head. You, just because it says cream ale doesn't mean it's going to be creamy. Now there's some that are are the uh, uh, Ballast Point. Um, what is it? Calm before the storm. Right now, the one with the coffee. That thing's freaking awesome. It tastes like somebody poured coffee and cream in the beer. So it does have a creamy texture to it. What about what is a regular cream ale yeah, that people so- need to know about? Cream ale is a really old style of beer, um, and most people don't know old. It's an American, distinctly American style, too, right? one of the, one of the few, too, right? st- exactly, distinctive American right. styles. That and uh, uh, California Common. California Common, right. Uh, it was developed in the late 1800s by um, brewers in the Midwest. They were trying to compete with the German immigrants that came in and were brewing light lagers. Okay. And so they were ale brewers, and what they did— Like it, true pilsners, you mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, from yeah. Europe, yes, yeah, exactly. True pilsners. Uh, and so they, they added a lot of corn uh, to, the, to the mash bill to try to give it some— creaminess okay. or some smoothness to right. sort of keep it smooth as in the other lager beers they're competing with. Um, it's So it's a pre-prohibition style beer, truly an American style beer. Uh, it's going to be really easy to drink, really low bitterness. I think it's... it's. Will it lead to memorable nights? What? <laughs> like Jenny Cremail? Jeez. I think it's, it's a style. Well, you, you wanted a, I mean, you, everybody you wants, you know, what a better opportunity than to spend a night with a bombshell. Whoa. Shell. That that right there is sloganeering. I like that. You That's like good. It, huh? That's good. <laughs> uh, inquiries at uh, bombshellbeer.com. Um, so, but back to the cream ale. I think it's one of those beers that when you know the story, you have a better appreciation for. And I think a lot of people don't know the story of a cream ale, you know, um, and therefore it's just, they just think it's, yeah, I tasted this thing. But when you, like with a lot of craft beers, I think when you know the story behind them and, and why they're brewed the way they are, you at least understand a little bit more about it. It makes a little bit more sense. Anyway, all right, so Starlight Cream Ale, what's your black ale? Uh, it's very similar to... What? <laughs> what was that? What do you mean, what was that? Was I'm like done a, running my mouth. It was like a soliloquy. Done rambling. What was that? Yeah, man. Stump speech? Stump speech. Okay. It's political season. I'm on the back of the train. Get your man, Wayne. What's your black ale about? All right, so it's uh, very similar to a German Schwartz beer, um, which is generally brewed as a lager, but you know we used our house yeast for it. Uh, we use all German malt and German hops. Um, very simple grain bill. Um, it we use a special dark grain in it that gives that really dark chocolate kind of flavor, a little bit of coffee, but without that roastiness that you'll get in a in a in a, in a bold stout. So when you look at it and you smell it, it, it looks like it's going to be a really bold beer. But when you drink it, it goes down real easy. Really smooth, really nice chocolate flavors. Yeah, I guess that's the thing about uh, maybe it's German beer specifically, and the way American sensibilities are. You see a dark beer, you immediately, oh man, this must be heavy or something like that. Uh, so when you when somebody asks, I want a light beer, I guess they're usually thinking of like a light colored beer. But uh, I'm surprised that even as we become more educated with beer, that people still associate something that is dark in color as something that's going to be way too in your face. But these Schwarz beers, because I've 
you, you've you've done this, and I, we've had some other breweries that have come in with their versions of Schwarz beer. I can't get enough of them. I mean, they're great. They've got flavor, but they're not going to knock you back, and that's what I love. Yeah, they're made to drink. They're drinking beer. You want to have a couple of them. The main difference between this and a Schwartz beer is? Um, Schwartz beers are generally brewed with lager yeast. And this is an ale, yeah, right? but I think it's... But can you tell the difference, really? Some people probably could. Right. Can the layperson? If they really know the style. Yeah. If not, then maybe not. <laughs> so as you're talking about drinkable beers, you've got quite a few here on the table in the studio. What's your ABV range? I mean, from the low to a high, where are you? Because if you're making drinkable beers, you're not going to have a 12, 13 percenter. At least right now. Yeah, and as Michelle said, we'll probably do some you know fun stuff uh, you know that's a little bit different down the road. But right now, we're trying to narrow down our portfolio a little bit and and really get some good beers that we can make and, and send out there. Um, right now, we're thinking most of our beers will probably be between four and a half and five and a half percent. Um, you know, our head of our hops IPA is about six and a half or so, uh, but we're also going to do a session IPA. So, um, but even you know the our head over hops is a very drinkable IPA. It's not going to you know blow your mouth apart when you drink it. Your strongest beer right now is what? Your strong ale? Yeah, it name? comes in just under 8%. Okay. Michelle, now that you've, you've you've got this under control, you're very happy that like Wayne and, and me and Adam have re- I'm realized. Done my soliloquy. No, 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 but we realized, like, hey, look, the beer is the beer's better. So now that you've, you've hit this quality control that you've been striving for, what's the next move? So, obviously, A, to keep on brewing high-quality beer. Of course. Um, but we're getting ready to start canning. So that is uh, exciting. We'll be uh, packaging in cans. The target date right now is uh, in early February, and that's going to be you know dependent on getting all of the legal approvals that we have for the labeling and oh, that that's type an of easy thing. Process. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Looking forward to that and a colonoscopy. Um. <laughs> Man, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Got to stay healthy. So yep. So when they are you? Uh, I'm assuming you're. Are you outsourcing the canning? Are you doing your own? So we'll first be utilizing um, mobile canning services. Okay. And um, we are currently also working right now on securing all of our requests for bids from canning source, um, you know, canning manufacturers to bring in our own canning line. Okay. So- now, and then in terms of, um, so we've you've got your bottling, you've got your growlers and the canning. Now, what's the reach of Bombshell right now? So we're still primarily focused on the greater Triangle area. Okay. And um, for the you know the foreseeable future, that will be it. We've done some things in some outlying areas, Greensboro, Winston Salem, Southern Pines, and Wilmington, but that's primarily been more on a kind of a one-off basis. Mm-hmm. We're either um, one of the purveyors in those areas have reached out to us saying, we want to carry your brand. How do we go about doing it? And we've done some special arrangements. Um, we are self-distributing, and we do intend on say, staying in a self-distribution model okay. for um, as long as we can. So this, so this is a conscious choice because we've had other people come through and in around the same amount of time. I mean, they're, they're shooting for the stars. I mean, they want to get into another state. They want to get into multiple states. Um, so why why this approach? So planned growth, and um, you know that's number one. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. You know, oftentimes when you do that, the first thing that starts to suffer is the quality of the beer. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, this type of approach is you know more pragmatic, and um, it's the right fit and approach for us. Okay, my turn. How long is the question? Let me break out. Be? Let me break out my speech. Yes. 
Um, a prepared statement. No, but I want to get you know they brought an extra extra person in here, and I want to have my buddy Chris say a little something. Oh, okay, yes. With this, uh, with this all new salesman, Chris. Right. So, anyway. so we got a new salesman in here, and it's the one and only one of our one of our oldest fans, Wayne. One of our yes. oldest podcast listeners. He's actually been a to a bottle share at our at, at my house. That, he has. Yeah. So, uh, so he's near and dear. So Chris Burns will be uh, visiting bars and restaurants all over the Triangle, selling selling some bombshell beer. Why did you make this move? So ever since we moved to North Carolina, the craft beer community has just been so important to us. Like, you guys welcomed us in um, very, very quickly, very openly. Uh, I just kind of fell in love with the whole scene. Um, you know, I was with a different distribution company for the last few months here in Raleigh. And the opportunity came up uh, for me to talk to Michelle, go out to the brewery, and it was just, it was a blast. I got to meet Josh. Um, We really got to get into the nitty-gritty of a lot of the beer stuff. And I just, I loved what I was hearing. I loved everything that I was trying. Um, It was really just a a blast being out there. And I, they've made me feel like a, part of the part of the family already and i've just really gotten excited about all the beers going on i remember you had asked me uh before you had even i think before you had even had your interview with michelle and you're like what do you think and i said well i mean no matter what i think i know there's a new brewer there really hadn't had a chance to come taste the new stuff yet michelle had been trying to track me down but it hadn't happened but i remember telling you specifically you have to believe in the product if you don't believe in the product you can't take take the job because I know what it's like to try to sell something you don't really believe in. It, it hurts. It sucks. It's terrible. So, I mean, how's it working out so far? You're what? Your third week? This is this is day number ten. Day ten. So, yes. <laughs> so you're getting ready to start your third third exactly. week. Exactly. Um, I've already sold quite a bit of beer. Um, I've already been carrying mason jars around the triangle, and the feedback has been tremendous, man. Um, it's been a couple of the best weeks that I've ever had, frankly. It's 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 a joy. All right, let's calm down here. Oh Chris. man, I easy. Let's bring it down. Okay, it's easy to make one beer, sit. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's been great. Um, I I support them 100. percent I believe in this beer. Good, good. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming in, and and I wasn't gonna let, just let you sit here and and watch without putting you on the spot. So. Thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, but he's in that nice Duke Stadium chair there. I mean, it's a really cool chair. It's the most comfortable chair in the house. Wayne and I stand. I'd sit there and not talk. Yeah, not really. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, with uh, two years coming up, you guys got any anniversary extravaganzas, events, anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so what do you you got coming up? So, well, as I mentioned earlier, we have our St. Baldrick's um, event this coming Wednesday, um, the 25th from Mm -hmm. 7 to 10. And uh, local musician J.T. Ackerman, who just launched a, his own album, will be playing some live music. Um, so that's one festivity. Um, we have a, an annual Tap Club member Christmas party that we do. Um, we have our Tap Club members in, and we feed them a, a really nice complimentary meal and just get ready to gear up for all the holidays. And then, of course, coming up, we actually do our um, annual party uh, in January, which is the celebration of when the tap room opened. Um, but we are working right now with um, Archibald's Tavern in Holly Springs, 
Apex, I guess they're kind of on the. Apex. It's technically Apex, but um, they were actually the first place that uh, sold our beer by the dra- by draft, and uh, we're going to do like a little event with them in December um, or early January. I don't know where this year is actually gone and some of the planning things, but um, lo and behold, obviously this won't reach. We're doing the podcast today and tonight we have a tap takeover at Tyler's and Apex so we're excited about that and um, I think that's been the big thing since we've been out um, you know promoting Josh's beer is we've had a lot more reception from you know some of the bigger um, bars and restaurants that really focus on you know quality and differentiated beer um, come to us with more open arms so we're excited about these opportunities and the many more that we'll be out for us in the future. Well, thanks for coming in, and congratulations on getting to two years. This is not an easy thing. For a lot of people, it is not an easy thing, and I'm sure you've spent way too much time than you care to admit making this happen. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Oh, I'm sure it's fun, but again, running a business is not easy. People always ask me, why did you become, when I do brew tours, they'll ask me, Mm -hmm. you know, why did you become an entrepreneur? You know, why did you leave corporate America? And I always say, well, you know, in corporate America, I was fortunate I got to work five or six days a week, you know, 10 or 12 hours a day. And that really wasn't enough. I wanted to become an entrepreneur because I really prefer to work seven days a week, 15 (laughs) to 18 hours a day. But I get to pick those hours. So um, it's been great, you know, and I think, you know, we've really put some solid building blocks together with Josh and Chris on the sales team, our microbiology practices and getting ready for packaging and you know, the sky's the limit from here on out. We've got our ducks in a row, and I'm looking forward to everything just going forward. Great. No, very, very cool. Very, very cool. Thanks for coming in. Thanks and, for having us. And uh, best of luck, you know, getting everything down and then uh, to the point where you can start uh, experimenting. And we'll be happy to bring you guys back in when you got some fun new stuff to talk about. Uh, Adam, Wayne, what do we got coming up next week? Joe. Uh, Thanksgiving. We're gonna have a, it's Thanksgiving we're, time. We're going to have another uh, another revisit. Paul from Deep River is going to stop in. And okay. We'll talk Thanksgiving stuff. Who will be the first brewery to come up with a gravy beer or a turkey-flavored beer? Isn't that what a cream ale is because it's creamy? No, that's <laughs> not how it works. No? Cranberry. Well, actually, they do make cranberry-type beer. So. Yeah, Pump Kick from New Belgium has cranberry in it. Uh, that's true. That's true. So I'm waiting for the official gravy beer or green bean casserole beer. Sweet. Accompaniment for green bean casserole. Okay. Yeah. With the yeah. almonds? You an almond guy? I am an almond or guy. Or are you a... Uh, I, I'm actually a, a cornflake guy. Cornflakes? Yeah, what? Man. Wait, cornflakes on the sweet potato casserole or on the green no, bean man, casserole? No, uh, Because yeah. you do the cornflakes on the no, sweet I'm potato sorry, casserole. Not, yeah, I'm sorry. Not the cornflakes, the, the onions, the you French, French fried the French's, onions. You get to put the French's onions on that, that. which is that. very money. I'm a, I'm a big 100% fan of that. 100% that. Okay, just double checking. Just double checking. All right, so that'll be a lot of fun. Again, reminder, we have all of our podcasts on WRLSportsFan.com's app. You can also follow us on iTunes, the Apple Podcast app, and you can go back through our archives and uh, listen to various interviews that we've done in the past. In the How is it, long has it been now? Over a, a year, year now. A year and a half. A year and a half or so of podcasts are uh, hanging back out there in the archives. Until then, uh, enjoy. We'll see you guys for Thanksgiving week. Cheers. Cheers.